This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Joining us on the phone today, we have Sarah Nebel, who is the executive director of Scenic Rivers Land Trust, and Lindsay Smith, who is the stewardship coordinator. And we have talked to the Scenic Rivers Land Trust several times because they do such great work here in Anne Arundel County in the area to make sure that the land that needs to be preserved is indeed preserved. But we wanted to talk about something a little bit different today. But welcome to both of you, and thank you for taking your time out of your day to give me a give me a call. Or actually, I guess I called you, but taking your time out to talk to me. So how how are you guys doing? Good. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Well, Sarah. Yes. Sarah, congratulations. You. This is your second year as executive director. Yes. Thank you. And, yeah. Well, you were with the organization for I, I don't say forever, but for quite some time before, and I know that. When the former executive director stepped stepped aside, I mean, they went on this big search thing, and I think it was all with a wink and a nod because, honestly, you were the only logical choice for people to lead this organization. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I think they did. I think they just said, well, well we, we got to make her sweat a little bit. You know, we'll, you know, <laughs> but I, I, I think I think it was in the bag because, I mean, you did such a great job, uh, you know, in there. You knew the organization so intimately, and, I mean, you were the obvious choice to lead it moving into COVID, who knew? Um, but here we are. And, and I am bummed. I, I think I mentioned before we started recording, I missed the walk for the woods this year. And uh, unfortunately, it sold out or the tickets went too fast before I was able to get my girlfriend to say, hey, yeah, that'd be a good idea. And then it was like, yeah, well, you're too late. Next year, 2022. We'll get you in next year. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this year we want to talk about bacon, and it's not the breakfast meat, I guess. it's uh, We're going to be talking about Bacon Ridge, which is one of my favorite places to hike. And you guys have really preserved an awful lot of land up there. Now, Bacon Ridge is sort of 97 and as it wraps around going up toward Crownsville is – I know you can hear 97 off in the distance as you're going through. It's hard to describe where it is, but it's sort of Crownsville to the west of 97. Is that correct? Yes. I would say that's a general location. Yeah, right next to the Crownsville Hospital, if right. anyone knows where. Right, right. Okay, so just a little bit north of the fairgrounds, then that would be good. Mm-hmm. But So what is what is going on in Baker Ridge? You've got a invasive species control project that's going on, and that's really kind of what we wanted to talk about. And what... What's going on there? Because, I mean, I thought Bacon Ridge was pretty much – I know they needed to connect some different pieces, but, I mean, I thought it was pretty much done. I mean, the trails were in and it was running on all cylinders. Has got a problem? Right. I think, you know, there's there's not any problems in how they built the trails or, you know, what's been put in there. That was all wonderful. I really appreciate all the, the efforts that Moore did to build that 12 miles of trails that are all connected in there. Um, and I, I enjoy using them all the time. But what we did notice is, you know, over the past 10 years, there have been invasive species that are invading. And an invasive species is these plants or animals or, you know, other um, organisms that they're not from here. And they come here and they have no natural predators and they're really good at proliferating and they just start taking over an ecosystem. And it's really damaging to the biodiversity, which is in essence the strength of an ecosystem or the strength of a forest to be able to withstand whatever mother nature throws at it. So, um, you know, we're, we want to help Bacon Ridge out a little bit or a lot of bit. And we noticed that, um, the, the trails right next to the Hawkins road trailhead 
have invasive species around them. And I, I noticed that you know, over the last couple of years that the spaces are spreading sometimes along the trail. And, you know, we just wanted to make sure that we're going to, we're going to try and contain the invasives that, which is mostly a couple types of grasses and a couple types of trees and vines so that, you know, they don't spread and, you know, continue to damage the ecosystem. And hopefully we can manage them in a way that either we can get them almost gone or we can keep them pretty suppressed so that the natural biodiversity can have a chance in this. Well, aren't aren't invasive species almost by definition, um, aren't all species, I guess, by almost definition invasive at one point in time? You're right. (laughs) Yeah. As you know, as things migrate, um, you know, maybe it's not invasive, but it's, you know, some some species just naturalize. So you can have an exotic species that comes over here and it doesn't take over the ecosystem, but it does manage to continue to survive. And then the really problematic ones are the ones that come over and then they just decimate an ecosystem. Okay. Well, I, like, rem- I remember when the snakeheads, that was, uh, I want to say it was the snakehead panic when they found a couple snakeheads in ponds in Crofton. And people were like, oh, my God, they're going to be walking across the street and going into the bay. And I mean, it was it was like the zombies were coming. And I you know, now they're they're almost plentiful. I know people fish for them and they eat them and there's places that serve them, but they didn't appear to be as I don't know whether they've adapted or whether they they're just not as invasive as we thought. Um, And that's just sort of what I was thinking about as far as this. But these plants can actually go in and be invincible. Nothing eats them, you know, so this stilt grass, Japanese stilt grass and wavy basset grass, what we're afraid of is, you know, the deer doesn't eat them, nothing else eats them right now. So they can create these really dense thickets that nothing can grow through. So, a, you know, the next generation of a forest can't start growing. So then when all the trees get old, then, you know, maybe you might not have a forest. Now, that's worst case scenario. Sure. But, um, you know, it just you need other things on the ground besides just two types of grasses for an ecosystem for a forest to thrive. So um, that's what we're worried about. Right. And you're not big on giving like Monsanto a contract to come in and throw a bunch of Roundup there, right? <laughs> we're not. <laughs> that's an interesting thing. We don't want Monsanto to come in, but. You know, we're doing these volunteer polls because we want to use herbicides as little as possible. But some places it's so dense um, that, you know, volunteers, even if you have a lot of volunteers, they just won't be able to make enough of a dent in a quick enough time. So we are going to be very, very careful, very, very carefully applying herbicides just so um, we can make a little bit of a dent and keep people from spreading them along the trails because those two grasses have very, very sticky seeds. So they can stick to people's clothes, stick to dogs fur and then travel beyond. So is that how, is that how it gets through? You said it was all along the trails and stuff. Do you think people are spreading it? People in the bicycles that are using the trails, are they spreading the, the growth of it? It could be bicycles, you know, um, pe- hikers can also easily spread it because they're, and I don't think, I'm not sure if, Bicycles can pick up a lot of seeds just because it's metal and flat rubber. But with hikers, you're, I can, when I try and walk through something that has basket grass, I realize that there's 
you know, a bunch of C's on my pants. I, you sure. know, I stayed there, like taking them all off and they can get on your boots. And if a dog walks through, you know, you can imagine how many they can pick up. So I know friends who have seen basket grass start growing in their, you know, in their front yards because they started going to bacon, started running at bacon Ridge a lot. Right, right. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about. I guess Lindsay, because you are the um, stewardship coordinator. What what do we need? What do we need to do? And how is this working? Well, we love the people who've come out to volunteer for us so far. Uh, we've had a great turnout. We've had eleven work days, and uh, most of our work days are Thursdays and Saturdays. So from eight to eleven a.m. Um, you can go to our website, srlt.org, and look up the dates um, and register for the work days. And then you don't need to know what you're doing when you come out. I will train you. This is the on perfect the job. job for me. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Um, and basically, so we have seven species of plant that we are trying to control. Um, two grasses, a couple vines, some shrubs. And so, you know, you can come out and you can say, hey, I only want to focus on identifying wavy leaf basket grass. So I'll train you how to do that and you can focus on that. Or you might, you know, be an overachiever and say, I want to learn to identify all seven and you can just you know, go to town. It's it's kind of whatever you feel comfortable with. I'll make it work. Well, so what what are the requirements to volunteer for this? I mean, uh, I'm assuming that you're you have to be somewhat in shape to be able to be <laughs> to be working with this. Uh, well, actually, you don't because I am not in shape. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, um, you have to you have to be able to hike like two miles. Um, so we hike into a certain section of the trail. We set up our work area um, and then, you know, bring water. Uh, you have to be 16 or over. And, you know, we do have you. We like it if you can pre-register beforehand just so we can get your emergency contact info and all of that before you come. Um, you bring work gloves because some of the plants have spines or thorns. Sure. And... You know, wear long pants, closed-toed shoes. You know, all the tick repellent that you want. And how long? How long are the the sessions? You said they're Thursdays and Saturdays, or Thursdays and Saturdays. They're from eight until eleven. So we pretty much leave right around eight, and then we. I try to get us back to the parking lot right around eleven. Do you guys have happy hour afterwards at Ramshead? <laughs> We don't so far. I think I think Sarah might be on board with that, though. Absolutely be on board with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's here's a question, because every student in Anne Arundel County Public Schools going through high school has to have a certain amount of volunteer hours that they do, whether it be in the school and different in the community and everything else. Do these count for them as well, I would imagine? Yes. Yeah, so we are signed up through Anne Arundel County Schools to be an official uh, volunteer site. Okay, so they can sign off on that. So that's a, you know, I mean, what a better way to get your volunteer hours than, you know, hiking in the woods a little bit and just, you know, spending a couple hours pulling, you know, bad plants out. It's great. You know, we've had we've had a lot of master gardeners come out and help us. So, you know, they're super knowledgeable about plants. Uh, we've had people who are just looking for community service hours. Uh, we've had we had one volunteer who um, came and volunteered and then later her parents came and volunteered. So 
it's just a really nice mix of people. I I really enjoy it. What do you guys do with the stuff when you when you're done pulling it out? I mean, is there just a big pile that does it get burnt? Is that ultimately or recycled? There are different philosophies. One philosophy is, you know, whatever you remove, you just leave on site. The other philosophy is to make sure that you bag everything that you pull um, and then it gets taken to the tip so or the, the dump. So we've been we've been bagging it up, not only because we don't you know, we want to make sure that nothing can have the opportunity to reroute, which would be a big bummer. But also it gives us a metric for how much work we've been doing while we're out there. So to date, we've almost removed 500 pounds of invasive plants. Holy mackerel. That's a lot of plants. Yeah. Our, our volunteers work hard. <laughs> I tell you, well, you know, this, this has to be a great way to see, and, and I, I'll argue that this is probably one of the greatest natural resources in Anne Arundel County, this parcel of land at Bacon Ridge. Uh, I mean, there's some. I mean, you got Cirque down there, which is kind of nice and everything else, and Quiet Waters, but that's developed. But I think that you know, as as far as a natural environment and natural habitat, it doesn't it doesn't beat it there. I mean, I love to go out there and hike on. I don't have the nerve to ride my bike on the trails there, but that's uh, that's just me. And I think it's got to be a great way to see this resource up close and personal, and actually become part of it. And I mean, you really. When you get out there and when you work on that, I imagine that you probably become sort of part of it. I mean, it sort of alludes to what you said that somebody had their parents come back and do it again because it, it gets into you, I would imagine. It does. You know, one of the fun things that we do um, now that there are all these phone apps where you can take photos of plants and figure out what they are, pretty much every work session, like a couple people will, you know, we'll be taking photos of plants that we come across and, and identifying them if they're you know, and figuring out what, if they're a native plant, like what are they? So we've found a couple of really fun species, just kind of having a little, a little additional education while we're out there. So it is nice, you know, you get to go a little bit off the trail um, on purpose and do some good and also kind of learn to slow down and appreciate the forest a little more. Have you discovered any new invasive stuff that's there? Now that you're down digging in the dirt and in the weeds, so to speak? We did think we maybe saw some porcelain berry, which is an invasive that we hadn't identified prior to this. So, you know, it's never you never want to find new invasives. Well, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, I'll tell you, you can go you go to srlt.org and you can sign up there. And I'll make sure I put a link in the show notes here that you just a one click. You go and you can sign up today. And, that, and that's pretty much just so you know who's coming. Yes, exactly. Although, you know what, if people are not able to register and they just last minute, they want to show up, like, I'll have waivers. You can sign them when you get there. Okay, now where where then for those folks that, that do that and then don't get the, the memo that says where to show up and everything else, where, where did we start from and what time? So we always meet at the Hawkins Road Trailhead, uh, which is the southern trailhead for Bacon Ridge. There's the Northern Trailhead on Bacon Ridge Road and the Southern Trailhead on Hawkins Road. So we're always on at the Hawkins Road Trailhead parking lot at 8 a.m. Is there a parking lot there? There is. I've only gone in there one way, and I think it's on Hawkins Road. And it's oh yeah, it's like it's like ten cars. Yes. And then and then the trailhead, the entrance, the trails to the right of that as you're looking at the parking lot. Hello. Yeah, if you're standing if you're standing there in the parking lot, there's a, a metal bench and a wildflower garden, and the trails are on either side of that. So that's the one I do normally go. I don't know whether I've ever been to the northern one up on um, 
up on Bacon Ridge Road. I may have to check that out next time I'm there. I don't even know whether I knew it was there. That was fairly recent. It only, you know, was created a year or two ago, maybe two. Okay, interesting. Okay, so that, uh, yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to take a look at that and hike it in from a different different angle. It's kind of neat. Hey, what's the story? Now, you guys know that area intimately. What, what's the story with the abandoned cars? Uh, Lindsay, you want to take that one? Oh, no, you take it, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, back 40, 50 years ago, right around the Hawkins Road trailhead, where all the trails are right at the beginning, that was all field. That was farmed fields. So for decades, it was farmed. And, you know, the only places where trees were growing was where the steep slopes are. So you'll notice all the junk cars are right at the edge of a steep slope, which at the time in the 50s and 60s, where those, you know, that area that the cars are from, it would have been right on the edge of a farm field. So we're guessing that some farmer didn't want to take a couple of cars to the junk junkyard and decided to just push them to the edge of the field where nobody really went that often. And there they stayed. Push them down the hill. My kid, my kids, yeah. my kids are all sort of flown and grown at this point, but I know when they, they've hiked with me, they're like, this is so cool. This is like a throwback to, you know, the fifties. And yeah. Uh, I'm like, yeah, it is kind of cool. I was just kind of curious how they got there. Cause I mean, it's like in the middle of, you know, what were they dropped by a helicopter off of 97 or something like that? <laughs> no idea there. But, uh, you know, again, Scenic Rivers Land Trust, they you guys are preserving land all over the county. Um, and when the conversations we've had before is, I mean, you you pick and choose what land you want. And what's your what's your tally right now? How many acres do you have here in Anne Arundel now? We have three thousand two hundred acres under conservation easements. And again, for those folks that aren't familiar with that, if you are a landowner, you can essentially deed the rights to the land to not be developed. That's not the right word. But you do give a deed to give up your development rights to the property, but you keep ownership of the property and can en- enjoy your property and give it to whomever you wish. You just promise the land trust to manage it in a you know, a way that doesn't destroy the forests or the farm or the ecosystem that's on there. Right. And you've got 3,200 acres across the county, which is a phenomenal thing. I know you, you, it's always exciting when you see you've, you've got a new thing. And I mean, you're not looking for the, you know, acre here, acre there type thing. I mean, obviously, I think you're looking for more contiguous property that, that could do that. And I mean, Bacon Ridge, I mean, I know that the mayor of Annapolis and the county executive has this concept of wanting to connect the uh, Waterworks Park ultimately to Bacon Ridge. And the first time I heard that, I was like, what are you smoking? And then I looked at, <laughs> then I looked at a map and I went, wow, okay, this really works. I mean, because it can get on the side of that Eisenhower golf course. It can, you know, you've got the fairgrounds, you've got a couple neighborhoods that you might have to traverse, but I mean, it's not, a, it wouldn't be a big stretch to connect them. And, you know, when you've got a huge place like that, that's just a huge tract of land that is so preserved, it's, you know, it just makes, you know, to use a Stuart Pittman line, but, you know, Anne Arundel County, the best place. Uh, right. Yes, yeah, so we're looking for 10 acres for any listeners who are curious if their their land fits our program. You know, and that's one of the things, that's part of the Bacon Ridge Natural Art Conservation Easement on 600 acres. And the county has been adding you know, parcel after parcel right next to it, adding and building on it. So now it's over a thousand acres, 
which is great because it's one of our focus areas, which is the South River Greenway, which is the headwaters of the South River. Mm-hmm. There's about 4,000 acres of contiguous forest there, you know, that look very similar to what Bacon Ridge is, and we're trying to protect it. That's fantastic. Well, you guys do great work. I mean, you've been around for quite some time. And uh, it's impressive when you see what you do. And, and I'll tell you, for the folks that have never done the Walk for the Woods, and that is out through Bacon Ridge and it's through some areas that aren't open to the public uh, in the past. And it's it's just a different part of the county that I would venture to say that most people in the county don't know it exists and really should see. Um, I mean, it's really easy to drive up 97 and look off to the left and they go, oh, wow, look, the trees are turning colors in the fall. It's beautiful or the buds are coming out in the spring. It's very nice looking. Spring is here. But to get out there into the woods is uh, an entirely different experience. And to sit there and not experience that is like, you know, living in a waterfront property and not being able to you know, go down and see the water as far as <laughs> as far as I say. I mean, it's uh, it's a wonderful thing. If. Anybody wants to volunteer on the Invasive Species Control Program, this is uh, essentially pulling weeds for a good cause um, with the Scenic Rivers Land Trust. Thursdays at 8 o'clock at the Hawkins Road Trailhead to the Bacon Ridge. What's it called? Bacon Ridge Preserve? Bacon Ridge? Natural area. area. And some Saturdays as well. And I think, you know, when you get involved in this, you'll see what, what good it does, what, you know, what effect it's having on the community and on the environment that we have. And I think uh, you'll be hooked on that. And if you're a kid, you know, that's probably one of the best ways to get those high school hours in, I'll tell you, as opposed to, uh, you know, I don't know, picking up trash on the side of the road or, you know, whatever whatever else might be. This is, uh, you know, out in, out in the woods and uh, in a beautiful environment and everything else. Is there anything else that we need to know or that somebody needs to know before they do this or that is new and exciting with the Scenic Rivers Land Trust? Um, I think the the Tuesday Thursday schedule might change come September just because the grasses will be going to seed, so we'll have to be a little creative in how we continue our invasive control then. Um, but other than that, I'd love we'd love to see you out there. Okay. Well, oh, how long does the program last? Probably, honestly, through the end of September, and then we'll probably wrap up for the winter and start again next spring. Okay. Fair enough. And if you, if anyone's looking for a bike ride, we're we're being a part of the Lifeline 100 on October 3rd, and we'd love to have you ride for us. What are you doing with the Lifeline 100? The life, so the Lifeline 100 is a, you know, that's been put on by um, bike bike AAA and um, yeah. the county police and the Parks and Rec. Right, and it's, so it starts at Kinder Farm Park, and it's 15 or 30 or 60 or 100 mile ride. Not a race, but a ride. And so we are a nonprofit partner for that. So, you know, you can register through us and we get some of the ticket uh, revenue. And you can also be on our website and start your own fundraising page and say, hey, I'm riding for Scenic Rivers. You know, please donate to my cause for protecting our land and water and keeping this county beautiful. Um, And you can help support us in in our work that we do. And that'd be an easy way to do it because you just get on your bike and you ride a little bit. I've done that a couple of years and I love it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do a hundred miles though. That's crazy. I don't even do 65 because you got to go on the roads and the roads terrify me sometimes. I had a friend that's a good biker and he said, oh, Bestgate Road was absolutely terrifying. 
He said that little section was just made him absolutely crazy. So I, I, I stick to the trails. You know, you go to Kinder Farm, down to Arnold, back up to the airport, around the airport and back down. We'll call it 40 miles and then I can find some place to have a beer after I'm done. So that works for me. Uh, I might do the 100 over on the Eastern Shore. That, that's a little bit flatter, no hills or anything like that. And uh, But that that is a fun ride. If anybody doesn't know, but that's lifeline100.org is where you can go for that. That's the number 100. But And if you can sign up under the Scenic Rivers Land Trust and help them out, that's wonderful. If you want to donate money or land, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you can use money as well as land, right? Absolutely, all the time. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> how, did, how did you guys make out during COVID? We actually I'm, did quite well. We're very thankful that our donors you know, stepped up and kept giving even through a tumultuous year. So we're very thankful. Yeah. I imagine that your work didn't really, wasn't really impacted by it. I mean, you're, you're out soliciting land and, you know, and making sure that everything is preserved. But I mean, I mean, obviously you weren't in the office. I get that. But um, I, I would imagine that the work, the basic core work of the Scenic Rivers Land Trust could be carried on fairly easily remotely. Right. Yes. Uh, some grant programs slowed down or, or got canceled, but for the most part, it just kept going along at the pace it normally does. That's always good news. Every now and then you hear a good story coming out of COVID. So, you know, it's not not all bad, but some of it is, but not all of it's bad. I think it's kind of neat to see a lot of the businesses figured out how they uh, how they can operate a little bit differently. And they're incorporating that in, in moving forward. So hopefully everybody will be a little bit smarter now that we come out of it or we're coming out of it, I guess it would say. But again, both of you guys, thank you very much. We have Sarah Nebel, who is the executive director, and we do have Lindsay Smith, who is the stewardship coordinator for the Scenic Rivers Land Trust on the phone with us. So thank you guys very much for your time this afternoon. I um, I am going to get out there one Thursday. Thursday actually probably work out really well for me because I, uh, I, I try to go walking in the morning anyway, so I hey, just drive up there and uh, maybe I even bike up there. I don't know. 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., rain or shine, just bring my gloves and uh, long pants and tick spray. Absolutely. We'd love to have you. Sounds like a plan. Hey, thank you guys very much. Uh, thank you. Thank you, John. It was great talking with you. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.